Chapter Six of the Man on the Other Side. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Man on the Other Side by Ada Barnett. Chapter Six. It was a few days later that Mister Bothersley, as was his frequent custom emerged from his front door at eleven o'clock on his way to the post in his left hand he carried a sheaf of letters for the twelve o'clock post out as he often said it made an object for his morning stroll not that mr fothersley ever really strolled it would have been a physical impossibility his little plump legs always trotted they trotted now along the immaculate gravel drive which curved between two wide strips of smooth mown sward on the right hand the grass merged into a magnificent grove of beech trees on the left it was fenced by a neat iron railing dividing it from what the house agent describes as finely timbered parkland behind him with all its sun-blinds down the gray old house slept serenely in the sunshine the parterres were brilliant with calceolaria geranium and heliotrope mr fothersley rather prided himself on an early victorian taste in gardening and his herbaceous borders very lovely though they were dwelt in the kitchen garden region lee manor had belonged to mr fothersley from the day of his birth which occurred two months after the death of his father that gentle man had married late in life for the soul and avowed purpose of providing his estate with an heir of which purpose his son most cordially approved at the same time he had never seen his way to go so far himself the fothersleys were not a marrying family his mother a colourless person of irreproachable lineage and a view of life which contemplated only two aspects the comfortable and the uncomfortable had lived long enough to see him well into the forties by which time he was as skilful as she had been in the management of an establishment everything continued to run in the same perfect order and mr fothersley felt no more inclined than during her lifetime to disturb the smooth current of his pleasant life by embarking on the very uncertain adventure of matrimony on this particular morning he paused outside his own gate to look at the view almost the same view that was obtainable from the house on the wall at thorpe farm ever since he was a small child mr fothersley could remember taking visitors to see our view and he had at an early age esteemed it unfortunate that none so good was to be obtained from the grounds of lee manor he looked out over the quiet scene the great beautiful valley with the suggestion only of the sea beyond the dotted farmsteads with here and there some noble old mansion like his own secluded among its trees and at his feet little mintmore village with its grey church tower half hidden in the hollow 
it was typical of all he held most dearly a symbol of the well-ordered ease and superiority of his position of the things which were indeed though unconsciously mr fothersley's religion in the great church his forebears had like himself sat with their peers in the front pews while their dependents had herded discreetly at the back behind the pillars in these eminently picturesque cottages of two or three rooms dwelt families who he had always taken more or less for granted regarded him and his with a mixture of respect and reverence just touched only touched with awe on the whole most worthy and respectable people mr fothersley was generous to them out of his superabundance he was indeed attached to them and although mr fothersley prided himself on moving with the times it was plain that any alteration in the admirable state of things existing in mentmore would not only be a mistake but absolutely wrong therefore on this fine june morning mr fothersley was perturbed the knowledge that mr pithy dwelt in the noble greystone house on the opposite hill in the place of his old friend halford rose spoilt his view for him and for the first time too one of ruth sear's new cottages had become visible just below his own pasture fields the workmen were putting on the roof it was to mr fothersley an unseemly sight in mentmore ruth had done her best she had spent both time and money in securing material that would not spoil the harmony or character of the little village but as mr fothersley had said it was the thin end of the wedge what was to prevent mr pithy from scattering some horrible epidemic of hideous utilitarian domiciles broadcast over his wide estate mr fothersley shuddered and remembered with thankfulness that they were not at present a paying proposition still he wished miss sear had not these queer manias not that he disliked her far from it indeed the little basket of his special early strawberries poised in his right hand was on its way to her and he had even traced a distant cousinship with her on the courthope side since what was now familiarly known in his set as the pythian invasion he considered her a distinct asset at thorpe i would not have had old dick's place vulgarized for a good deal he said to himself as he descended the hill and i know even he did talk of building some cottages before the war poor dear fellow all the same he did not feel in his usual spirits and presently to add to his discomfort he passed the local sweep window cleaner and generally handy man who instead of touching his hat as of old nodded a cheery good morning mr fothersley nice weather to him mr fothersley did not like it most distinctly it annoyed him it had been one thing to go and see mankelo when he was wounded and a patient in the local v a d and make a considerable fuss over him but that as mr pithy was fond of saying 
was different it was decidedly presuming on it for mankalo to treat him in that hail fellow well-met way this brought to mr fothersley's mind the threatening strikes among the miners transport workers and what mr fothersley vaguely designated as those sort of people he wondered what would happen if all the sweeps went on strike it was a most dangerous thing to light fires with a large accumulation of soot up the chimney most dangerous at this moment he nearly collided with ruth sear as she came swiftly round the post-office corner they both stopped laughed and apologized i was just on my way to you with some of our early strawberries said mr fothersley exposing a corner of the contents of his basket exposing a corner of the contents of his basket how very good of you exclaimed ruth and i do love them will you wait for me one moment i am going on my way to send a telegram to mr north now curiosity was the most prominent trait in mr fothersley's funny little character and it was the naked and unashamed curiosity of the small child it might almost be looked on as a virtue turned inside out so real and keen was his interest in his neighbor's affairs an interest often followed by sympathy and help telegraphing to north he exclaimed what about no inhabitant of any length of time would have been in the least astonished but ruth for a moment or two taken thoroughly aback simply stared at him then somewhat late in the day it began to dawn on her that her telegram to roger north might possibly demand an explanation and one she had no intentions of giving telegraphing to north what about repeated mr fothersley his little pink face beaming with kindly interest the whole truth being out of the question there was nothing for it but as much as possible i want to see him to ask him his opinion on a matter of importance said ruth astonishment mingled with the curiosity on mr fothersley's speaking countenance many things flashed through his mind in the minute while he and ruth again stared at each other the most prominent being the tongue of the postmistress and mrs north's fiery jealousy mr fothersley could remember terrible times when he had been aroused by lesser matters than this telegram aroused to such an extent that all meant more had become aware of it and much more unnecessary dirty linen washed in public before the storm subsided north himself on these occasions was in mr fothersley's language difficult most difficult he either teased his wife unmercifully or lost his temper and used bad language the whole affair was always again in mr fotherley's language regrettable most regrettable while the groundwork of the whole matter was that women bored north far more than they ever amused him so that if he did talk to one it was noticeable it was quite evident to mr fothersley that miss sear was wholly unconscious of anything unusual in her action this surprised him for he had understood she had been a companion 
and a companion's knowledge of such things as a rule passes belief ruth made a movement to pass on the fatal document in her hand but it was one of those moments when mr fothersley was supreme my dear lady he exclaimed i am going to westwood so soon as i have deposited my little offering on your doorstep allow me to take the message for you with a deaf movement the paper was in his possession was neatly folded and placed in safety in his waistcoat pocket his plump little figure turned plainly prepared to escort her back to thorpe the telegram will explain itself he asked or shall i give any message i want to consult him about some happenings on the farm answered ruth things i should like to talk over with him with as little delay as possible mr north has been very kind and i think takes a real interest in thorpe no doubt no doubt mr fothersley acquiesced cordially he was poor carrie's most intimate friend though indeed we were all his friends a most lovable fellow indeed he was almost too kind-hearted anyone could take him in and did added mr fothersley with warmth there was a german fellow very pleasant i own to meet who used to stay with him quite a lot at one time i always felt how if they had invaded england he would have known every inch of the country round here for no doubt he took notes of everything as they always did funnily enough he was taken prisoner badly wounded by dick's own regiment and died at the clearing station before they could get him to a hospital ruth looked at the sunlit piece of the farm for they had reached the gate she remembered what violet riversley had told her and yet dick carey had cared for this man and they had parted here as friends she said i believe dick was quite cut up about it said mr fothersley very odd but poor dear dick was odd no sense of proportion you know this was a favorite saying of both mr fothersley's and mrs north's it is doubtful if either of them quite knew what they meant by it but it sounded well mr fothersley repeated it over again leaning with his arms on the gate no sense of proportion a lovable fellow though most lovable many's the time we've stood here just as you and i are standing watching his birds you have the bird pull still i see mr fothersley fumbled for his glasses yes and those wretched little blue tits everywhere the worst offenders in the garden even the blossom is not safe from them madness to encourage them with coconuts and bacon rind but as i said poor dick by this time mr fothersley had his glasses firmly planted across the bridge of his nose he could see the pool plainly and in addition to several blue tits two round cherub faces open-mouthed very still hanging over the edge of the bank good heavens what are those he exclaimed only two small visitors of mine said ruth smiling it is quite wonderful how still they have learnt to be to watch the birds 
they live in black wall tenements and their only playground there is a strip of pavement under a dust chute oh said mr fothersley dubiously black wall that is somewhere in the city he was interrupted by a shrill excited plainly female voice on its topmost note oh tommy he's caught a fly the next moment every bird had gone while the complete figures belonging to the moon faces arose as it were out of the ground both wore knickers both had short hair but it was plainly the master male who administered swift and primitive punishment there you've done it again i forgot i sobs bitter and violent stop the lament the boy pocketed his hands and moved off jis like a woman he called over his shoulder the other small figure followed him at a humble distance, wailing aloud till both disappeared from view. Mr. Fothersley shuddered. How can you bear it? he asked, his little pink face really concerned. Even Dick. Stop short at Germans, Ruth ended for him. Well, it has its compensations. And after all, what can one do? i know that playground under the dust suit and i have all this one could not bear it if one didn't have them down how many asked mr fothersley faintly ruth leant back against the gate and gave way to helpless laughter while mr fothersley prodded holes in the bank with his stick and waited with dignity till she should recover he saw nothing to laugh at i beg your pardon said ruth hurriedly suppressing what she felt from his manner was most unseemly mirth i only have two at a time she added appeasingly and they are really very good on the whole i should relegate them to the back garden said mr fothersley decisively i remember as a child even i was never allowed to run wild where i pleased good heavens what is that noise he cocked an attentive ear as a sound like nothing he had ever heard before made itself evident at the same moment over the crest of the lawn appeared a wonderful procession first came the small female figure in knickers brandishing in her right hand a crimson flag while with the left she held a small tin trumpet to her lips with which at intervals she blew a breathless note the same which had attracted mr fothersley's attention then strapped into his go-cart and positively smothered in flags and flowers came bertram aurelius finally pushing the go-cart with somewhat dangerous vigour the small lord of the show around the procession leaping and barking skirmished sarah and selina while beside the go-cart larry padded sedately snuffing the air delicately waving a stately tail the procession circled the lawn at the full speed of the children's small legs dropped over into the garden pathway and disappeared towards the farmyard mr fothersley softened the scene had been a pretty one quite like one of the delightful illustrations in the children's books of to-day he said smiling please don't think me unsympathetic 
dear lady a love of children is one of the most beautiful traits in a woman's character and philanthropy has also its due place but do not be carried away by too much enthusiasm do have as i used to say to poor dick a due sense of proportion otherwise you will only get imposed upon and do no good in the long run believe me you have gone quite far enough with these innovations and do let it stop there before you have cause for regret mr fothersley paused and smiled well pleased with the turning of his phrases also he felt his advice was good ruth acquiesced with becoming humility aware only of a little running commentary which conveyed nothing to her her mind was entirely absorbed with the fact that larry had accompanied the small procession which had so swiftly crossed their line of vision and disappeared larry who kept children severely in their place as became a dignified gentleman of a certain age and on whom not even selina's wiliest enticement produced the smallest effect no good ever comes of moving people out of their natural surroundings continued mr fothersley holding on his way with complete satisfaction all men cannot be equal and it only makes them discontented with the state of life in which it has pleased god to place them personally i believe also they are quite unable to appreciate better conditions why when and here to the little man's astonishment ruth suddenly and very vividly turned on him shaking a warning finger in front of his startled nose mr fothersley if you tell me that old story about the chickens in the bathroom i warn you i am quite unable to bear it i shall hold forth and either make you very cross with me or bore you to death i have lived amongst the very poor and between your view of them and mine there is a great gulf fixed i know what you cannot know their sufferings their endurance their patience i would have every child in london down here if i could so there and they may love their squalor and filth as people have said to me it is all the home they have ever known it is the great indictment against our civilization then she stopped and suddenly smiled at him it was a smile that barred offence there you see don't start me off whatever you do mr fothersley smiled back my dear lady i admire your kindness of heart it is your lack of any sense of proportion it was at this moment that mr pithy appeared magnificent in a new tweed knickerbocker suit of a tawny hue with immaculate gaiters brown boots and gloves a cap to match the suit upon his head the inevitable cigar in his mouth looking incongruous enough between the wild rose and honeysuckle hedges to discover a couple of anything like marriageable age alone together in what he called the lanes suggested one thing and one thing only to mr pithy's mind his manner assumed a terrible geniality now don't let me disturb you he said waving a large newly gloved hand just a word with this lady and i'm off he perpetrated a wink that caused mr fothersley to shut his eyes two's company and three's none eh 
mr fothersley opened his eyes and endeavoured to stare him down with concentrated rage and disgust but mr pithy held on his way undisturbed wonderful how you meet everybody in this little place just past lady condor jove how that woman does cake her face with paint at her age too what's the use doesn't worry me but mrs pithy disapproves of that sort of thing root and branches if mr fothersley could have called down fire from heaven and slain mr pithy at that moment he would undoubtedly have done so as it was he could only struggle impotently for words wherewith to convey to him some sense of his insufferable impertinence and words failed him his little round face quivering with rage he stammered for a moment unintelligibly making furious gestures with his disengaged hand at the astonished mr pithy finally he turned his back and thrust the basket of strawberries into ruth's hand please send the basket back at your convenience monsieur he said even in that moment he did not forget the importance of the return of one of the lee manor baskets good morning touching little brute remarked mr pithy cheerfully gazing after him what's upset him now he'll have an apoplectic fit if he walks at that rate in this heat a man of his built and a hearty eater too indeed poor mr fothersley by the time he reached the manor between rage and nervousness for who could say what thoughts mr pithy's egregious remarks might not have given rise to in miss sears mind was in a very sad state it was impossible to risk driving to westwood in an open car he ordered the landaulet closed it was necessary to go because he had miss sears telegram to deliver also the desire was strong upon him for the people of his own little world those who felt things as he felt them and saw things even as he saw them he wanted to talk over the various small happenings of the morning with an understanding spirit the sweeps familiarity miss sears odd activities and last but not least mr pithy's hateful facetiousness above all though he hardly knew it himself he wanted to get with people who were the same as people had been before the war to get away from this continual obtrusion of an undercurrent of difference of change which so disquieted him and he wanted badly wanted comfort and sympathy the norths were by themselves and proportionately glad to see him violet had left on a sudden impulse that morning and fresh visitors were not expected till the following week the very atmosphere of nido north comforted the little man the atmosphere of the great commonplace the unimaginative the egotistic an atmosphere untouched by the war peace descended on his troubled spirit as he unfolded his table napkin and watched the butler in the very best manner of the best butler lift the silver cover in front of mrs north from the golden brown veal cutlets each with its dainty roll of fat bacon mr fothersley's favorite luncheon dish while north who had his moments of insight said 
some of the steinberg cabinet for mr fothersley mansfield indeed both the north saw at once that mr fothersley was not quite himself that he had been upset it was impossible to tell the chief causes of his annoyance before the servants though in an interval he commented on the familiar behaviour of the sweep and his views as to the results of the new independence on the working classes and the danger of strikes i have no patience with this pandering to the lower classes said mrs north they must be taught north who was genuinely fond of little mr fothersley did not ask how as he had an irritating habit of doing when he heard his wife enunciate this formula mr fothersley agreed certainly they must be taught he was distinctly soothed the steinberg cabinet had not altered indeed it had gained in its power to minister the objectionable feeling that the foundations on which his world was built were quivering and breaking up subsided into the background and by the time the coffee came and the servants departed he was his usual genial kindly little self and could even give a risible turn to his account of mr pithy's impertinence i lost my temper and i am afraid practically chippered at him with rage he owned i was hardly dignified but that i should live to hear that marion condor is disapproved of by mrs pithy insolent brute said mrs north all unconscious that her language was pythian can nobody put him in his place he must be taught suggested north wickedly but though his wife shot a doubtful glance at him mr fothersley took the suggestion in good faith i quite agree with you roger the question is how unfortunately we have all called we could all cut him suggested mrs north i don't approve of cutting people my dear nita in a small community it makes things very unpleasant and leads to such uncomfortable situations indeed mr fothersley had more than once interposed in almost a high-handed manner to prevent mrs north cutting ladies of whom she thought she had reason to be jealous no i sincerely wish we had never called but having called and indeed invited these people to our houses received them as guests i should deprecate cutting them you agree with me roger certainly the pithies would not care if you did also he is the sort of man who could worry you a good deal in the village if he took it into his head to do so better keep good terms with him if you can what did miss sears say asked mrs north i don't remember her saying anything but i was so agitated i didn't of course even look at her you don't think his remarks will give rise to any ideas mr fothersley paused looking from one to the other good lord no said north how do you know asked his wife sharply i should certainly advise arthur to keep away for the future north shrugged his shoulders as he rose from the table i expect you will like your cigar in the garden with nita he said pushing the box across the table to his guest 
I've got some letters to write. When he reached his study, he took Ruth's telegram out of his pocketbook and, lighting a match, burned it very carefully to ashes. Bless their small minds, he said. End of chapter 6